Hi, this is Malayan Verveer. And this is Kim Azzarelli. We are co-authors of the book, Fast Forward, How Women Can Achieve Power and Purpose. And you're listening to Seneca Women, Conversations on Power and Purpose, a podcast brought to you by Seneca Women. Jean-Pascal Trucroix is chairman and CEO of Schneider Electric, a Fortune Global 500 company with operations in 130 countries with more than 140,000 employees worldwide. Schneider Electric operates in the energy industry, which traditionally has been dominated by men. So how does a company like Schneider Electric achieve its goal of advancing gender equality? I sat down with Jean Pascal at the Seneca Women Forum at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Listen to our discussion and learn his practical approach to achieving gender equality in the workplace, why advancing women is a smart business strategy, and how the future of work will affect women. And stick around after the conversation to hear our top takeaways. Hi, everyone. I am delighted to be here with Jean Pascal, chairman and CEO of this incredible company, very cool company. And we'll talk a lot about what you're doing in this industry that has not necessarily always been very friendly to women. Um, But as we discussed earlier, 2020 is a very big year, including the 25th anniversary of the Beijing conference. And I was kind of excited when I heard that you were there. So could you tell us about that? (laughs) So I don't know how many people in this room were in Beijing in 1995, (laughs) but I happened to be there at the women conference, and I was here to serve you. So it's very... (laughs) He means literally. No, very simply, we were, uh, we are kickstarting Schneider in uh, China, which has become now our second largest business. That was a very different China, a very different Beijing. And suddenly comes this idea of a big women conference, and my partner uh, committed to that. And she dragged me along, and we spent 10 days bringing water every day, food every day, making transportation. And having as host two of you, I don't know who they are, I don't remember exactly, <laughs> uh, and that was it. That was the beginning of it. So Milan was there. I think she would, you know, she would maybe recognize you in the crowd. But it's been 25 years, as we just said, and we've made a lot of progress, especially some progress for women at work, although we're not there yet. So we want to talk to you a little bit about the future of work, but also about the state of the union at Schneider Electric, your kind of from to and your journey. Yeah, well, we are coming from very far. When you work in the field of energy automation, uh, well, now becoming digital solution for sustainability, which is a little bit more appealing, but fundamentally we come from a very male industry. Um, I've been working for 30 years in the, in the company, 32 years. I've been the CEO for 15 years. Remember, 15 years ago when I opened my first leadership meeting, there were 3% women in the room. Awful. Right, and of course there is all the well-known reasons why you want a diverse company. I mean, many of our customers are women, and if you don't have women in the room, you don't understand. Certainly, you're sure not to understand. Uh, you want more diversity for innovation, and the most important thing, as I spent 15 years in a company that was mostly male, I don't know what it is to work only with women, but working with men is extremely boring. <laughs> this I can certify. So we embarked on a, on a journey collectively, which was really to diversify the company. So where are we today? Well, almost 50% of my board are women, 46%. Um, and don't applaud me, it's absolutely normal. <laughs> it's just uh, 
Now, the evolving at the executive level has been, uh, has been taking more time because we want women who are promoted at the top of the company to be there because they are the best. So I've got four women in my executive team. They manage 50% of the company, 50% of, of the PNR. And today, one third of the executives in the company are women. That's where we are. When I look at really at the top 1,000 of the company, we are today at 25% or so. We had committed to be at 30% next year. I think it's going to be difficult, but we keep fighting and going. And I'm sure we're going to speak about that. Yes, for sure. Well, I mean, you've said, and this kind of relates to what you were just saying, you've been quoted as saying uh, not having diversity is a crime to innovation, and you're in the business of innovation. So what do you mean by that? Well, I mean that innovation is about diversity of thinking, thinking different. And there are very little chances that you can think different is if everybody's looking alike in, uh, in, in the company. So we have, I think, in our industry, but I would say in all industries, one of the most global companies in the world. Think about it. We do roughly the same business in North America, Western Europe, Asia-Pac, rest of the world, all very balanced. And we've been attached from the beginning that it wouldn't be a centralized structure, but people would be living in the countries close to their market. So pretty much as many people, again, in North America, in Asia, in Europe. Um, so which means that every time we address an issue at Schneider, you've got people coming from all origins confronting the same issue. And not surprisingly, we see them completely differently. And that's the way to innovate. So there are plenty of diversities. We have very diverse in terms of nationalities. My accent, I think, is a good testimony to that. <laughs> But, uh, well, the most natural diversity, which is a gender diversity, is surprisingly one of the most difficult to mitigate and to change over time. And this is where we are so focused on changing that. Well, I, I want to talk about this because this is where I get really excited about what you're doing. And what I want to get into is, you know, you talk also about how anybody can have good intentions. Not everybody has good intentions, but you have to move beyond good intentions if you want to affect change. And... For me, coming from the private sector, it's interesting to hear your thoughts on change management and how do we use change management principles in a concrete way, what companies in this room and all of the live stream, everyone who's watching, what can companies do to effectuate change management so we complete the journey to equality? Yeah, well, many people or all of us have very good intentions, but we all have biases and we all tend to replicate ourselves. Uh, normally, human beings tend to congregate with people who look alike. So when you want to go from 3% to 50% of gender diversity, you'd better go with a very strong project management. I'm saying that we're also industrialists and technologists, so it's pretty simple. It's like we have a problem, diagnosis, action plan, and that's the way it works. It seems a bit dry, but it works. So I, I would say we've done several things. The first thing is very strong program management, and I'm sure our program manager for diversity is in the room. She's Tina. She's somewhere here in the room. I can't see much. <laughs> uh, but she's managing the whole action plan. She's coordinating all the plans for diversity inside the company. But where we started, we went through uh, a systematic plan, mentoring, uh, we train men inside the company on all men to diversity seems strange, but realizing that we are not the same, that there are some particularities in being a woman, on being a woman in a men's company. Today, in this room, I am a minority, 
uh, in most of the meetings, women are the minority. How do you manage that? How do you include those minorities better in what you do? So being very systematic, putting into place processes uh, where systematically we propose women for the positions, uh, we make sure that we analyze our biases in, uh, against changing. So that's number one. The second point is about policies. And, and we put into place policies to allow women with specific constraints. Very often women are in charge of families. That's absolutely terrible what I just said, but reality is that in many places they are considered as more in charge of the family than men. Yeah. So we did a global family uh, leave policy, and including the capacity to take uh, leaves when, of course, you have babies, but also when you have to take care of your parents. More and more it's the case. You need to take care of your parents. When you go to Asia, parents are living together, and you need to be able to do that. Anti-harassment, of course. Pay equity. And I think we're going to be... Uh, not done, it's going to be a never-ending journey, but 95% of the company will be covered at the end of next year. We're already in good shape, but we're going to be uh, there. That's a big one. Can I just stop on that for a second? 95% is a, is a big number, and I think, personally, I, I'm obviously involved with a lot of what companies are doing, and I think that's pretty uh, leading in the industry and leading, frankly, across industries. So I think we should recognize what they're doing, on, and we should learn from you what you've done to achieve that, because that's not small. I'm going to... Thank you. On there again, it's pretty natural. I would say it should be the case uh, everywhere. And I'm going to speak on, on, on a very critical thing to, uh, to, to, achieve, uh, to achieve that. So those policies, on, on the interesting thing is that we started with gender diversity, with the objective of gender diversity, but those policies are very good for men too, right? Flexible work, good for everybody in the company. That makes the company much better, especially in the 20th, 20th year of the 21st century. Then it's about leadership. I mean, you have to be committed. And we had, this is one of the reasons we embarked on e 4 c at the beginning. And we had men sign and take initiatives locally, and not top-down, but bottom-up, people engaging locally to, uh, uh, to make it happen. And then one thing I would like to insist on is about data. We've got a fantastic asset today, which is a capacity to have a lot of data. Um, for instance, you are speaking about pay equity. You can't do pay equity if you've not graded the jobs mm -hmm. and if you don't know where people are. And it seems in a company of 140,000 people, we should have everything. <laughs> but we have also a tradition of decentralization and empowerment. So making sure that things are consistent across the board took us some time. But today, you can really get a lot from the data on people engagement, people voice, how people feel about gender diversity in this part of the company, how they feel here, and then you can correct situations. So you can go from emotions or opinions to something which is much more fact-based on database. You know, we talk a lot about design flaws and how things are designed when they're designed from one perspective. And as an engineering company, when things are designed from one perspective, you have systemic design flaws built in. So why would the, for example, workday be from nine to five and the school day from nine to three. That's a design flaw that doesn't yeah. benefit anybody. So the idea of bringing science um, and measurement and data to complete this journey of equality, I think is a really important lesson that you can bring. And obviously you do it in all the work that you do around energy, but to apply it and to have that kind of lens on gender for us is really meaningful. And, and I, I, we see more possibilities opening around data, like opening the job market and using analytics and artificial intelligence to match people together with jobs. 
and to get a double grading, not only of employees, but also of managers. That's really exciting. Well, I actually would love to, we don't have that much time, but I would love to talk to you just for a minute about the future of work, because you really speak incredibly on the future of work. And I think what you just talked about kind of plays into that. I mean, the AI revolution that's happening that is going to change literally everything we do. I mean, can we apply that? And, and how do you think women will fare in that? Look, I, I think we're going into a full transformation of the space of work. Uh, when I see sometimes some of the discussion we have about social relationships and operating in 100 countries, having European uh, roots, we have kind of an history and a tradition there uh, to have that very strong social dialogue. I'm speaking to the unions in front of us and saying, aren't we talking about the past? I'm not preparing the future. Today you see the youth youngsters going into independent work, uberized work, uh, it used to be a time where your main competitor on the job market were your competitors. Today, it's more startups. You have to offer a job environment which is more exciting than the startup if you want to attract the best talents. Uh, you have to fight against local companies in all spaces of the world. So I, I, we want our, our space to, be, to have the most meaningful mission and in our case, it's pretty simple. It's of a digital solution for sustainability, which I see as a big challenge of our generation. It's to be the most inclusive generation, uh, most inclusive environment and being really present in 100 countries, we can offer much more than many other, other companies. You want to discover the world come at Schneider, but not the world from one place, the world from all the places. And then we want people to be truly empowered. I think if you want to be able to to, to compete with a garage, with a startup, with a small structure, which is a very attractive value proposition for, uh, for, for uh, a young employee or an employee today, uh, you have to make sure that people can make decisions locally and they can make an impact. And the big difference that we can propose at Schneider is that they can have an impact from wherever in the world but they can make it on a scale of $30 billion uh. on counting on 140,000 other people in the rest of the world. And this is what you have to compete for. So a lot of technology uh, allowing the people to be nomadic, allowing the people to work from home when they want, allowing flexible hours of work, but also allowing a lot of initiative uh, locally on where they operate. Well, I have to say that... Uh I've learned a lot in this last couple of years about Schneider Electric, and I, I do consider myself someone who knows a lot about what's going on in this space, and I think maybe the scientific community, but there's a lot of humility in what you are talking about and what you've actually accomplished, and so we're very happy that you're here today, and also we would encourage you to be on more platforms like this because I think others can really learn from you, and you are part of the He for She platform at the UN, and maybe just in a few moments, you could just tell us a little bit about yeah, that. Well, we consider also that when you do those transformations, it's really important to be working with others, uh, because you can bench, you can exchange, you can learn from each other. So we are one of the uh, first companies to embark on E4She, which is a fantastic initiative. I think Elizabeth uh, Niyama uh, Mayao is in the room here, <laughs> and I want to salute her excellent job, uh, excellent work. Uh, I'm also at the board of the Global Compact. We are one of the first companies to embark on the Global Compact. I've been the president of the Global Compact in France for two mandates. Because this, if you want to change a society, you can't do it alone. I mean, take a company like ourselves. We work with thousands of suppliers, thousands of integrators. 
So it's really important. If we want to progress, we can do that with an ecosystem of companies. And we can do that collectively if we share the same referential on the same objective. So really important to be part of your group. Uh, uh, I'm really looking forward to the next opportunities on more platforms where we can help each other to change our society. Well, thank you, Jean-Pascal. What a great conversation with Jean-Pascal. Check out the incredible work he and Schneider Electric are doing with the UN Women's He for She program. You can learn more at heforshe.org. My top takeaways? First, to quote Jean Pascal, not having diversity is a crime to innovation. In today's environment, innovation is key and demands diversity of thinking. Companies that lack diversity will find themselves at a competitive disadvantage. Second, the full participation of women requires more than good intentions. It requires action. Companies need to employ the same project management techniques that they would for any other business imperative. That means putting into place strong processes and policies and leveraging data to drive real change. Finally, alliances are critical. It's important to be part of an ecosystem of companies and other organizations that are working towards the same goal. Schneider Electric, for example, participates in the UN Women's He for She campaign. At Seneca Women, we found that collaboration allows companies to quickly share best practices, new ideas, and ultimately move fast and forward. You're listening to Seneca Women, Conversations on Power and Purpose. Please support this podcast by telling your friends, subscribing, and rating us on Apple Podcasts. For more information, follow Seneca Women on social media, visit our website, SenecaWomen.com, and check out the Seneca Connect app in the App Store. Have a great week.